How many of you have been encountered with a Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, just about everybody. Just about everybody. When they come knocking at your door, has any of you or have any of you ever um, uh, talked with them about their beliefs? Anybody? Miss Pearl? Tell us about that. Let's get you another mic, Miss Miss Pearl. We've got Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so. I won't make sure everybody be able to hear you though, because I I want to hear what you said to them. Yeah, plus we're filming this. There you go, Matt. And so <clears throat> they came in and they started reading some scriptures. And uh, I, uh, I tell, they'd tell me, you know, what they thought the scripture said. So I just tell them what I thought it said. <laughs> what I said wasn't what they said. <laughs> and uh, But uh, they didn't stay very long, and they... Uh, they didn't come back. I didn't have any visits. For you didn't have any of them come back. Quite some time. That's good. Did some, I hear see somebody else over here. Right, sorry. Yes, Jim. Yeah, when I was pastoring in Winston Salem, when I was pastoring in Winston Salem, is it on? Yeah. And uh, we had them come to our neighborhood quite often, and they would come to the door, and you know, and I would let them come in, start talking. As soon as they quoted their scripture, I'd quote the scripture back to them, and it wasn't long. For they just didn't want to hear it. And, uh, of course, when I got here tonight, I brought my Jehovah's Witness Bible with me. I wanted to make sure that right. Yeah. But, uh, and I understand that this young lady, she, yeah, she brought hers too. So I had to study this in seminary just like you did. But it doesn't matter. They just, they got their mind made up. And I worked with a fellow when I was in a factory in Winston-Salem going to seminary. And uh, so I got one of these. And every place in here it said hell, I took it to him. He said, that's not what it means. Mm. So, I mean, they don't even believe the Bible that they say is their own, and it's nothing but a modified King James. Mm. All right. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Did I see another one? Hey, yes, right. One. Which one? Miss Lane. Uh, Miss Lane. Well, I've had a lot of conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses because... I know somebody, I won't say who it was, personally for a long time that was in Jehovah Witness for many, many years. And I learned a lot about it and had many conversations with that person. And, uh, of course, one of them was they don't believe in the Trinity. So I did give that person a tape uh, about the Trinity that was very, very good. And later... He listened to it, and he said that he couldn't refute it. But um, he would send people to my house from the Kingdom Hall, and I would send people to him (laughs) to try to go witness to him. Mm. So that's how that went for a long time. But they don't believe, uh, they believe Jesus was an archangel uh, before he came to heaven. They don't really believe he's the Son of God, the, uh, the only begotten Son of God. And that was one of the things that I have talked to people about that. That there's a scripture in Hebrews uh, 1, 7 that says, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today you have become, um, you, today I have become your father. And then in Hebrews um, 1, 13 to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So they will try to deny that they believe that. They try to get around it. They just want to get into your house and give you their watchtower and 
get you on their track, and you have to you have to uh, really really dig deep to get them to even admit it. Huh. And the other thing was about the Trinity uh, that there's a scripture in Revelation that I think that they have a hard time with, and that's in Revelation one seven one eight. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. But then in Revelation uh, 1, 17, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, which is talking about Jesus Christ. Which basically he's saying he's the, he has the divine nature of God. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forevermore. And the Jehovah Witness believe that that person in that scripture right there is Jehovah, but yet we know that God, God has never been dead. Only Jesus is Christ, his son. Mm. So that's, that's right. an, another scripture. Very good. So I just, um, tell, I, I've asked people, there's a scripture in the Bible about uh, not to let them in or not to bid people farewell when they're spreading a false gospel. And I, I advise uh, young people in the Lord that don't know a lot about the Bible not to invite them in. Hmm. But you could give them a, a gospel track, but you might be kind of vulnerable to these twisted up yeah. untruths. Very good. And um, that, um, but if you feel like you do need can talk to them, then uh, don't don't invite them in. Just talk to them at the door, because uh, I don't want the neighbors to think that I'm condoning their false truths. Right. So I don't. Well, good. Thank you. Well. Uh, when I would give them a track and give them a uh, tape. They usually crushed the track up and took the tape and threw it in the ditch in front of my house. Hmm. They weren't interested in, in what we had to say. So huh. I don't argue with them. Just tell them what the truth is and let it go. God can take care of things like that. Primary thing, of whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or, or whatever, of a false cult, um, we need to practice what the FBI practices. And that is know the real thing. Uh, when, if an FBI agent is studying to be, uh, uh, currency or, uh, whatever, that what they do is they study the real thing and not, um, counterfeits. And, and so what we're doing tonight is wanting to encourage you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And that you will not be swayed, and that you will not uh, be misunderstood. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses claimed that uh, Christianity fell uh, into a general apostasy in the fourth uh, century, and out of that, uh, uh, around somewhere in the um, mid eighteen hundreds to uh, uh, 60s, 1860s, uh, there was a man by the name of George Tazel, Taz Russell. Um, he uh, established what is known as today as the Watchtower Establishment. And uh, the whole purpose was to provide spiritual truth and um, and to provide a way of true worship and for Jehovah's Witnesses to be able to be able to uh, uh, worship in a proper way. In 1870, uh, Russell rejected the concept of eternal torment. I think you mentioned that, or somebody mentioned that uh, that uh, they did not believe in eternal punishment uh, such as hell, uh, and that uh, when you died, you just ceased from being. And then in 1879. Russell uh, split from the Adventists, uh, and he began publishing the Zion Watchtower. 
And uh, through that, uh, they, as Elaine mentioned, rejects the, the, the Trinity. Uh, they reta- reject eternal punishment. Uh, they reject uh, immortality of the soul. And so immediately, just those three elements uh, goes way against uh, what we believe and what we believe that the Word of God teaches. Um, I think about apostasy. Uh, the Bible does speak about apostasy, but it does not speak about that the whole entire Christian uh, race is going to fall into apostasy. It talks about in the last days, First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, talks about in the last days there will be some that will fall away from the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, but not the whole entire Christianity. Yes. Jehovah's Witnesses are going to be in charge and rule over all the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're if they end their life ends, they're not resurrected. If they don't believe in that, <laughs> then how do they figure they're going to rule? Are they just planning on converting everybody so that everybody's? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into that very thing okay. that you're talking and about. That's true. Then they do that is. Yes, they do believe that they will rule in the last thousand years. And so we will we will talk about that a little bit about that. And so, Brother Ken? Uh, Tim, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, something that's interesting too with Jehovah's Witnesses. They've claimed that the world will end several times. There's been several dates and they've pushed those back. And so what we know that that's false because Jesus even told his disciples, I don't even know the date or the hour, you know. And so we have to watch out. If somebody's trying to predict the end of the world or when Jesus is trying to come back, you know, if Jesus didn't know it, they're not any better than Jesus, you know. And so we have to kind of watch out for that. Um, Is God's true name really Jehovah? Um, Just, uh, you know, real quick background, nothing, nothing, um, you know, real extensive, but uh, the Bible that Jim has here, um, it's a translation called the New World Translation. So there's two publications that you need to be on guard about. If you hear them anywhere, somebody you're out and about, somebody's trying to witness to you, they could come across like they were Christians. But if you hear Watchtower or you hear New World Translation, okay, that is the mark of, of a Jehovah's Witness. And so then you can put that together and say, oh, okay. Um, and so it's interesting because they believe we added to Scripture, you know, and, of course, in Revelation it talks about those who add things to the Scripture or take away from the Scripture should not do that. They believe we've added to Scripture. We believe they've added to Scripture by this use of the word Jehovah. But, see, they think we've put the word Lord in there where Jehovah should be, and we're claiming that they've put Jehovah in there where Lord should be. Um, and so so that is kind of going back and forth. The watchtower may be justified in rendering God's name as Jehovah in its version of the Old Testament because of the Hebrew part, okay? But not justified in inserting it 237 times in the New Testament. Okay, of the 5,000 Greek manuscripts we possess today of the New Testament, not a single one contains God's full name. Okay, so what they've done is they have inserted it into the New Testament. So wherever we kind of see Lord in the New Testament, you would see it in the New World Translation as Jehovah. The interesting thing there is like in the um, Lord's Prayer, we see the word our Father who art in heaven. Here's the interesting thing. The way it appears to me is the organization has become over the relationship that God wants to pursue with us. They want to protect the organization. 
and it's all about joining. When they come to your door, what is it that they want? They want you to join the organization, okay? And, and what's gotten lost is that God is wanting to pursue a personal relationship with you, and, and they, they don't have that concept. Um, and so um, the interesting thing, I'll, I'll end with this part, is God's true name really Jehovah. Where did we get that name Jehovah? Well, in uh, the Hebrew, the Hebrew text won't have vowels. And so you see the letters Y-H-W-H. So what would you kind of, what's that kind of sound like in our Yahweh? Yeah, Yahweh is Y-H-W-H. So that, um, it, it was transliterated into English as Y-H-W-H. For centuries, when the scripture was read aloud by the Jews, their custom had been to keep God's name holy by saying Adonai, Lord instead of pronouncing that Hebrew name. So scholars chose to insert vowel points of Adonai, Lord, into Yahweh. So you see what they did with the vowels, Adonai, A-O-A. So what they did is they put it in between W-H-Y-H, which is Y-A-H-O-W-A-H, which pronounced would be Yehovah. And that's how Jehovah came about. And I thought that was a really interesting point. So this is where they, they, they are big on using the name of God as Jehovah. And like we've been talking about, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not part of Jehovah. Okay, so they've set those aside. So, Yeah, and as well as talking about Jehovah, uh, that even in their prayers that if it's not directly directed to Jehovah, it could go to any God, your prayers. And so they have to be real careful making sure that it is in the name of Jehovah. And as Elaine mentioned a while ago, one of the ways in which they uh, seem to catch so many Christians uh, without uh, any response is this claim that there is no such thing as a trinity. Now, they're correct in the fact that the trinity, the name trinity is not mentioned in the scriptures. But the uh, the idea, the concept, the theological concept of the trinity most certainly is. And most of you are familiar with the, uh, the scriptures that uh, uh, describe that. They believe that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were lesser gods, or that uh, the, that Jesus was a lesser god, uh, along with uh, the angels like Michael, and or in fact, I think they even claim that uh, Jesus was Michael, uh, and so uh, it's. Um, uh, but if you recall your scriptures, you will know that, uh, for instance, John one chapter verse one says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God in the beginning. So uh, that, now when you can uh, ask them about that, and what you want to do is not argue with them. Simply say to them something like, well, you know, I, I, can you explain to me then uh, how John 1.1 1, 1, um, stands against what the watchtower says. You say the watchtower says that there is no such thing and uh, as a trinity, yet John 1 1 seems to indicate that there is. Jesus, uh, or Paul, was um, uh, in his letter to the Philippians, uh, said that in, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, uh, for instance, in verse, uh, and I think it's in verse 5 here. Let me get over to Philippians. I didn't have that. He said, um, talking about the uh, uh, the position of Christ, he said, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Or in other words, what that verse is saying, uh, Jesus being God, did not uh, think that it uh, he should 
take advantage of his position as God, but rather came in the form of a servant. He, he emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. So uh, it tells us there, uh, Jesus being equal with God. All right. Uh, there's, and there are several passages like that. Uh, and you find passages where there were Paul, or the writer to the Hebrews and others, referred to uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the same verse and as God. Okay? All three being God. Absolutely. When Jesus was baptized, uh, that uh, uh, he was... Um, um, uh, it was, you know, the Father, and uh, but when when we say when we baptize, we say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right, so it's uh, if you read your scriptures, you're familiar with these things. You know some of these things that Jehovah's Witnesses will try to confront you with or try to uh, tell you. That simply ask them, well, please explain to me then. Uh, because this seems not to agree. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't like, they don't want to be instructed. They claim to be the teachers, okay? Uh, and they teach, they're, they're not going to allow themselves to be instructed. Uh, and, the, but they teach only what the Watchtower claims, okay? So, uh, if you um, happen to get a copy of the Watchtower, you know, and you can read that and you can uh, see some of the things they're saying. Well, you know, you can ask them, you know, please explain, you know, my Bible says this, but the Watchtower says this. You know, can you explain that to me? And so uh, that uh, uh, that can open the door uh, to uh, uh, you um, doing with them. So uh, the, the idea of the Trinity, of course, is central to our faith. And it's it's important that you be familiar with that and be able to explain that. Now, it's not an easy doctrine to explain. Uh, you know, <laughs> any seminary professor will tell you the difficulty he has in trying to teach that doctrine to seminary students, all right? Uh, because uh, it's uh, when you try to explain that uh, they are three persons, all of the same essence, okay? What does that mean? You know, well, it's a great mystery, all right? We don't uh, know exactly how this works. God made it to happen, but he has. And we accept it and we find it to be true. Okay. Any, uh, any guideline that you want to judge another denomination or a um, um, cult or whatever you might want to call it, is what they believe and what they say about Jesus Christ. That is very, very, very important. Um, they believe that Jesus uh, is uh, he came from Michael, the archangel, and that when God created Michael, the archangel, that, uh, that it revolved into Jesus, becoming Jesus. And... Um, which means, uh, Michael the archangel, uh, literally means who is like God. Um, since the Bible speaks about Satan as being a uh, God of this world, in 2 Corinthians, they would view Jesus as, quote, a God, but not the God. And um, And then when he came upon this earth, that he merely um, became as a perfect human being and uh, no longer ceased to exist as Michael. And, it, and that, uh, that uh, since uh, Michael rose, I mean, uh, uh, it goes on to say that Jesus' human body was disposed of by God's power and Michael rose from the dead as the resurrected Jesus Christ. Um, in other words, he fabricated a body during the resurrection. It was not his real body. Um, well, we know that Jesus said, I and my father are one. And uh, Jesus is the one true God 
who is the same today as he was yesterday and as well as he will be tomorrow. There is no difference. And that uh, Jesus is as much of God the Father and the Son as the Father is of the Son as of the Spirit and likewise. And so uh, he never has and never will cease from being God, G-O-D, capital G-O-D. And, um, but see, here's the thing about it that we must understand that is so important is that Jesus, uh, even though he was God, he became a man. And he took upon the form of mankind. He was as much man as man could be. He was tempted in all fashions as we are. He hungered, he thirsted, he, he, he slapped, uh, you name it. That we do, he does, with the exception of sin. So he was as much human as he was God, but he was as much God as he was human. But they do not see it that way. And to link uh, Michael and Jesus is certainly not supported in the scriptures. Thank you, Lane mentioned Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. That is a very important passage of scripture of speaking that the angels are, are lower than, than the Lord himself. And so, uh, something that we need to be aware of. So, that was, you know, their view on Jesus, but what do they explain as the Holy Spirit? All right, if it's not God, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, it's an active force, okay? It's, uh, it's an impersonal God, but an active force. Um, so, um, but but he is God, um, especially in Acts chapter five, when we see Ananias and Sapphira. You lied to the Holy Spirit, and we see Ananias and Sapphira pay an ultimate price for that. Um, and so, interestingly, too, today most Jehovah's Witnesses would be surprised to learn that on page two hundred sixteen and seventeen of the nineteen thirty nine Watchtower book Salvation, the Society proclaimed that in the year nineteen eighteen, the Holy Spirit that had been the guide of God's people, having performed its function, was actually taken away. They probably don't know that, though. They, they probably didn't read that part, you know, back in 1939. Um, and so the Watchtower no longer teaches that the Holy Spirit has left the earth, but they now claim that only people who make up a special group of 144,000 are able to be spirit-anointed and adopted into God's family. So then it just begs the question, what's the point then now? Especially if the 144,000 are already determined, you know, um, and so we'll get into that. But um, Jim, did I see you raise your hand? Matt? Hey, Matt, can you grab the mic there for me? And so uh, when people would come to, and they would tell me that they were part of that, I'd say, which tribe are you? Yeah. And they don't know how to answer that question, so they just backed away and left. And the best thing for us, just like Brother Kelly said, get in the book. That's one of the things I always liked about Awana clubs. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I have found in 37 years of ministry, we're pretty ignorant in the scriptures, you know, and I'm still learning stuff. And I know Ken, and we're about the same age. We're still learning things. I read the scripture through year after year after year, and boy, wow, I didn't know that. Well, I just read it last year. Why? Because I was at a different stage in my life, and God showed it to me then. Why? Because I was ready to handle it then. And if we get into this book, we'll be able to identify when any false belief comes our way without a shadow of a doubt. And I learned a long time ago, don't argue with any of these people. Just tell them what the Word of God says as we have it before us. Yeah. Forget about the New World Translation or any of them. Right. I just had that because I was required to purchase it, use it in class, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But What's when you up? know the book, just like Paul told Timothy, yeah. that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, mm-hmm. which are able to make you wise into salvation, and then it's profitable for, so, for you know, construction, Correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man or woman of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's 
right. And that Bible memorization really helps. It does. it does. I used to tell the pastors when I'd go to churches to help them start Awana, I said, when these kids finish memorizing these books, they're gonna have, they are going to have to memorize major verses and major doctrines that you're going to preach from the pulpit. Wow. And they're going to know what you're talking about. That's right. And every pastor said, man, I want that. That's right. Well, if only some of us adults could pick up on that. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's why I like being in a one and helping these kids That's memorize right. their verses. What, what's often our our reaction when you see a Jehovah's Witness uh, like across the street? Usually, all right, throw the door closed. Everybody lock it up. Be quiet in here, right? You know, because maybe we don't want to engage them. We don't want to like get into an argument with them. But maybe for some of us, the conviction might be there, do I know enough of the truth to be able to get into a conversation? Maybe that's why I lock my door. Well, that begs the, the, the challenge to us. Let's get in our word, um, in, in God's word, and to, to study it and, and keep you know, challenging ourselves. So the, the whole point is this, is the Holy Spirit just God's active force. Here's the thing. If they're looking at an active force and they walk up my driveway and I've got the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity of God in me, I can engage. If I learn the scripture, the Bible says he will bring it to memory when you need it because he's the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity. So that's the, that's the question. Um, Brother Ken? And go door to door when I was in North Carolina and other churches and hit door to door in the Winston Salem area. Of course, there's more churches there, you know. And people would see us walking up, and there were two of us. I'd always tell our folks, do not, dress, do not wear a white shirt and black slacks. Yeah, that's right. Okay? Yeah. And it's, we were walking down one driveway, and the fellow said, no, nope, I don't want you. You're Jehovah's Witness. I said, no, we're from the Baptist church over here. Oh, okay, come on in. He just didn't want to deal with us because that's the way it was. Because they go door to door, kind of put us to shame. Who's going to heaven? All right. Who's going to heaven? Um, Jehovah's Witness say that only the 144,000 that are mentioned in, in uh, Revelation 7 and 14 uh, will go to heaven. Uh, they take that figure, somehow or other, they uh, made this uh, determination that between Pentecost and 1935, that the Lord filled up the list on the 144,000, okay? So that uh, uh, no one else is going to be able to enjoy the same access to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Father as uh, that 144,000. This is the, uh, what they call the anointed class. All right. And so, um, uh, but what they, uh, what, what they, they take that literally, but they fail to take literally the, the 12 tribes, the 12,000 in each of the 12 tribes in chapter seven of Revelation, literally. All right. Now we, uh, m- most, um, uh, Christians, you know, we, we believe that what the scripture says about the 144,000, that the 12 tribes make up that 144,000, but it's symbolic of the church and, uh, those that will go, uh, to, uh, go to heaven in Christ and represents all Christians. We know, all right, that the moment a Christian dies, he moves into the presence of God. Okay. Uh, Jesus told a thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. So we're not, uh, there, no one, uh, who goes to heaven, no one, no believer in Christ is going to be excluded from access to the God. We'll all, uh, be taking part in the same, uh, blessings and the same, uh, things that, uh, God has for all of his people in heaven. Uh, so no, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, this, again, this is uh, something that uh, I don't know where they came up with. You might ask them, you know, if you have them come in, if you let them into your home, say, uh, you know, who, who chose the 144,000, you know, and 
uh, how do you, are you on the list? You know, probably not. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Only 144,000, a whole bunch of people didn't make the cut, did they? So, anyway, that's, um, uh, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, all believers will, are going to live together uh, in the new heaven and the new earth. Praise God. Amen. Well, can only Jehovah's Witnesses be saved? Uh, that is a question that uh, needs to be asked. Most witnesses uh, hope to be found worthy enough to be saved uh, from destruction and from what they think of as being able to be a part of the battle of the Armageddon that would be saved from that destruction. There are really four basic requirements for salvation for Jehovah's Witness. One is the knowledge of Jehovah God and, uh, and of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, realizing who Jesus Christ is, is that he is a good man, a good teacher, uh, a good uh, person, but not God. And then number two, uh, obeying God's laws and conforming to his life lifestyle. Uh, in other words, uh, there is uh, the moral requirement to be good. Uh, now, I, don't, I want you to think about this. Does this sound familiar when you think about these four requirements? They, be, uh, they believe that you must belong to uh, serving God in one true channel organization. And guess which organization that must be? Jehovah's Witnesses. That you've got to, if you're going to be saved, you've got to serve in that channel. And then um, also uh, to believe that uh, you're to be loyal to that organization. That's one of the reasons you see so many people uh, out witnessing that they are. Uh, they, they're wanting to be loyal to that organization, be loyal. And what they're doing, all this is nothing but of works, if you understand that. It's all of works, that I try to be a good person, I try to believe certain things, I try to uh, uh, allow my life to uh, look like the Lord, and, uh, and yet we understand as the scripture teaches us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that we're not going to reach the uh, place of perfection. And the Bible says that, uh, that the fruits of our righteousness, that uh, that is, of course, uh, is evidence and uh, not the root. The root is, is what we believe and how we have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so no one can earn salvation. No one deserves salvation. It's all by the grace and the glory of God. No matter what you do. Other than <coughs> repentance and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the key. That you must always remember. That um, that the Lord. That you don't have to be a member of the Baptist church. Somebody asked me one time. Says you think only Baptists is going to heaven. I said, I think some of those are not going to heaven. And so uh, it's not that whether you're a Baptist, it's not whether you're a Methodist, it's not whether you're a Presbyterian, it's not whether you're a Jehovah's Witness or whatever. What is the most important thing is whether you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, as your Lord and Savior. And, and as for Holy Spirit who lives within you, he's going to direct you to be a part of a body I believe is known as a body of believers that of like-minded, that believes in the scriptures and just studies the scriptures and live according. We want to be, we want to live in a good moral way, but that is for the purpose that we have inherited the righteousness of God and we want to display that righteousness. And so uh, only Jehovah's Witnesses... <laughs> Uh, they're not the only ones, and uh, I, unless they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they're not going to be saved neither. To piggyback off of that, uh, whenever I hear of a works-based salvation, it's saying that 
Jesus' work on the cross was not enough. And I'm thinking, how prideful is it to say, I need to help my way to salvation? Uh, that your work, Jesus, wasn't enough. On what you, had, what you went through on the cross was not enough. So let me help you out by doing my good works. I think, man, that is a serious thing. Kathy, uh, Matt? I appreciate you using that word pride. And it also, what are we thinking about God? That God would allow his one and only begotten son to die that heinous death. And it wasn't enough. And that my human frailty can add anything to that. So what are you thinking of God as well? Absolutely. What comes first, works or salvation? See, hey, our, our, our point back. is we, we accept salvation and the grace of Jesus, and we work thanking God for what he did. Absolutely. Our works are in response to all that he did for us. Uh, I think it's getting the cart before the horse when we say work to get salvation. Christine? Is it on now? Yeah. Um, my question is, where do they get their support that they have to be a member of their organization? Is it in their Bible? What is their factual or authority that that is? Um, that's, the ne- that's the next question, actually. Is the Watchtower's New World Translation reliable? Is that their source of... Uh, authority and yes, the Watchtower is that source of authority. But they also go to uh, Kingdom Halls. So if you ever are passing, you know, a, a building that says Kingdom Halls, those are their churches uh, that they go to. Um, but the interesting thing about the New World Translation is um, they, they say it's the official Bible of the Watchtower Society, and they're saying it's the most accurate, unbiased Bible version. Even the translators remain anonymous so that all glory for the translation will go to Jehovah God. But it was actually, I guess, somehow released. They did find out who it was that translated it. And it said it was composed of six men, five of whom had no formal training in biblical languages. Uh, Frederick Franz, the head of the committee, was a knowledgeable amateur, is what it said. Um, And so... Uh, again, they don't believe in punishment or hell. So Matthew twenty five forty six is translated, and these will depart into everlasting cutting off rather than punishment. Um, and so the thief on the cross, we just mentioned that. It says, truly I tell you today, comma, rather than the comma being before today. So it's almost like Jesus saying, I'm telling you today that you will be with me in paradise. Okay, so you see the difference in that with just one comma? Um, so they, they move the comma there. Um, you know, just several other things um, that they, they show. But we know that uh, the, the Bible um, is the inerrant, um, infallible Word of God. And so uh, they would claim that the New World Translation is. That's why they would like for you to, do, when they come, to receive the Watchtower. Is so that as you read it, it's going to support what they have said. The uh, the authority, their final authority, is the Watchtower Society. It even uh, has authority for uh, as the interpretation of their New World Translation. Uh, their students, their teachers, uh, and Jehovah's Witnesses uh, are not uh, to take upon themselves the uh, responsibility for interpreting Scripture. Everything they teach comes from the writings of the Watchtower Society. And so uh, there's no independent thinkers uh, in uh, among Jehovah's Witnesses. They uh, uh, They believe that God's channel of communication with his people is uh, through organization and uh, such as God began with the children of Israel in the uh, 
uh, uh, in their exodus from Egypt. And uh, when the church, Jesus established the church, well, as the pastor mentioned earlier, the, the uh, church, uh, uh, they, they claim the church became apostate. Well, of course, what they're talking about is, is the state church. Uh, when Jesus said that uh, uh, my, I will establish Peter on this rock, I will establish my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, He's essentially saying, Peter, there's nothing that can, that can destroy my church. The church has always been Christ and his body. And we are, we make up the body of Christ as individual believers, not the organization of churches, okay? Not the organization, but you, each and every one of you as individuals have been made a member of the body of Christ. So therefore, uh, the body has never changed. The body continues to grow, the body of Christ, and with Christ as the head. And so it's, um, uh, Christ is become, as our mediator, uh, he is the one uh, that we communicate to and through, okay, the Holy Spirit uh, being our intercessor, okay. So the... Uh, uh, as far in terms of the the authority, then the uh, the the watchtower, as far as Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned, is the final authority. For us, we know the Scriptures uh, to be the final authority. Uh, one thing that uh, you can do in, in in talking with a Jehovah's Witness is talking with them about the accuracy of the watchtower. I think it was, may have been mentioned earlier about the fact that. Uh, about 1915, and then again in 1918, and then around 1935 or somewhere like that, and again in the 40s and 1975, the Watchtower Society predicted the return of Christ. So, you know, ask, you know, what happened? Did I miss Christ's return? You can ask them, you know. And, and so how accurate uh, is the watchtower, if they made these claims, these predictions, and they never came to pass. It becomes very difficult for me to have any confidence in what you're telling me about that. Can you explain that to me? So uh, this is, uh, uh, again, uh, an avenue that can open up perhaps some dialogue with those who have never been faced with that question before. Keep in mind that they are not, were not taught to be instructed by those that they go to witness to, but to be instructors of those. Okay, so if they begin to sense that you're trying to instruct them, to teach them, they'll get up and leave. So, see if you can help them think for themselves. People don't know this, and even some of the people who just start with Jehovah Witnesses don't know this. But if you're um, baptized as Jehovah Witness, and they they have they're very legalistic, so if they were to catch a Jehovah Witness smoking a cigarette, for instance, they and that say teenager was baptized Jehovah Witness. They would disfellowship the teenager. Now, when a person is disfellowshipped, no other Jehovah Witnesses are allowed to talk to that person or to fellowship with them or to eat with them. And so if you have fam- other family that's Jehovah Witnessed, you're disfellowshipped from your family. And it's, um, they lose like all their friends and people that get into Jehovah Witness, they don't know that a lot of times until later on when something happens to somebody they know or one of their family members is disfellowshipped. It could be a young married son, for instance, that's a member. And all of a sudden the parents are said, oh, you can't talk to him anymore. Just if he calls, hang up. 
treat him like he's dead. If they see that any Jehovah Witness talking to that person that was fellowshiped, then they're in trouble too. They'll be there. All of them are said shun that person too. They're shunned. So it's 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 not a Christian church. It's a religious organization where people are brainwashed. And there's and, and the people do not believe and accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah or as the Son of God. And they do not accept that we are saved through his blood and his death on the cross. And I can talk to them in love and try to explain that to them. I could share the gospel. But that's that's up to them. And I have done that, and I've shared the Roman roads with some of them. But as soon as you share the Roman roads, they look at each other, and they'll say, well, she knows the Bible, and they leave. That's what they do. They leave. That's true. Some of the other things that they don't believe in, they don't believe in blood transfusions. Uh, That is something that violates uh, God's Levitical law. And um, they do not uh, celebrate holidays or birthdays. Uh, the only holiday that they do celebrate is their anniversary and their uh, and the death of Christ, not the resurrection, but the death of Christ. And that uh, they don't believe in uh, politics. They don't believe in war. Uh, they they say that is a wicked system of the world, uh, and so you'll never find any one of them uh, voting uh, f- during uh, elections. Uh, they uh, they uh, won't salute the flag. Uh, they won't fight in wars, and because of that, they're sometimes are exempt from, uh, of their, because of their religious views, are exempt from being in the military. But very quickly... Very quickly, and we're going to have to move rather quickly because time has gotten away from us. How do you approach them? That is the main thing. Uh, three things that I want to say very quickly and simple, and then we've got a couple other things. Number, number one, you need to pray. <laughs> Prayer is the utmost of importance. You need to pray for them as well as you need to pray for your own self. That God would give you wisdom. I believe with all my heart at certain times, God will give you remembrance of scripture. And this is a time that many times that we uh, are needing to be reminded of the scriptures that we have learned and that has been taught to us. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, That is so important. I mean, you know, if you when you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness, I want you to understand the Bible says that after uh, the apostles and the early Christians received the Holy Spirit, that they received power to become witnesses unto men. And so uh, rely on the Holy Spirit that he might give you the, um, uh, the, the ability and the, the presence to be able to witness. Be careful with your attitude. Don't come across holier than thou. Don't come across that, hey, I know more than you do. And, 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 and try to get into an argumental mental type of debate. You need to be careful of that in any type of subject. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, if somebody comes up to me, whether the Jehovah's Witness or whatever, uh, and, and wanted to debate scripture, I'll talk with them about it, but I'm not going to debate them in an argumentative way because the scriptures will stand on itself and it doesn't need me. The other, uh, another consideration is that, um, you're trying to, if you can come across to them as you're trying to understand what they're saying and reconcile that with what you know the Bible to say. Uh, that uh, is, uh, can become, as I mentioned earlier, become a, a foot in the door, so to speak. 
They're not going to accept confrontation from you, okay, or argument from you. So, uh, and they're taught to believe that the only authority, as I mentioned earlier, is their watchtower literature. So if you will uh, talk with them on that basis, comparing uh, the Bible with the watchtower material, uh, and can get them to begin to question what their watchtower material is saying, then you have an avenue uh, with which to, um, to begin sharing with them the truth as you know the scripture reveals it. So, you know, our ultimate authority is the scripture. Uh, they also believe that the scripture is the ultimate authority. They just don't know how to interpret it. They've never been taught to interpret scripture. So you can help them, right? If you can break their confidence in the Watchtower literature by showing them that some of the discrepancies that you've discovered or, or help them to see it, 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 this seems to be a discrepancy to me. Please explain it. So, um, and I think that uh, uh, the, 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 how you engage them, the depth at which you engage them, uh, you have to be very careful about trying to get in too deeply into some theological uh, concepts and so forth until they have come to that place where they're, they're willing to hear what the Bible has to say uh, because maybe their confidence in their literature has been, has been broken. So takes a lot of prayer, as the pastor mentioned at the very beginning, okay, and uh, how you treat them, the way you approach them, so forth. Yeah, compassion. Yeah. Just like we've been talking about uh, several different people groups, having compassion on them, um, knowing they need Jesus. If you have an opportunity to wind up in prayer with some Jehovah's Witnesses, do pray to Jehovah. Okay, we believe in Jehovah right? We believe in Jehovah God. It's okay. They just view Jesus and Holy Spirit not as the Trinity, all right? But you're still praying to God, Jehovah. Do pray for Jehovah because as you're praying with them, they're going to sit there and believe when you finish that and you don't mention Jehovah, that prayer could wind up in Satan's hands, okay? So pray, but also emphasize Father, that he loves you and wants relationship with you. Emphasize that as you're praying. D- don't ask if you can pray with them for healing of sickness unless they've approached you privately because they're taught that God doesn't heal today and anything miraculous is done by Satan to deceive the unsuspecting. Okay? So be careful. Be aware of that. Um, do tell Jehovah's Witnesses about your personal relationship with Jesus. Have you written your testimony? I challenge you, if you haven't written your testimony, write that down. They can't argue with your story. That's what God has done in your life. Share that with them. Share what God has done with you. Again, don't try to force Jehovah's Witness to agree with you. They're not allowed to disagree with the watchtower. So plant seeds of doubt through your questions and let the Holy Spirit do his work. And then finally, do be available, persistent, and patient. If they're asking questions, they're starting to think for themselves. And that's the first step to leaving Watchtower. All right? So if they're asking you questions, you know, respond. Okay? So. We have uh, shared a lot within uh, an hour's time. Um, maybe you were not able to uh, write down a lot of this stuff. We have a little pamphlet that we like to give to you and that uh, has a lot uh, of the same material that we talked about here tonight that you can take home and that uh, read it and study it and it gives you suggestions of how to uh, approach um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, We only have 60 uh, pamphlets and so what I'm going to invite you to do, if you would, one per family if you will take it. Uh, they're free. You feel free to come. Tim's going to have them, and he'll hand them out to you. So um, any final questions before we close? Well, good. <laughs> Do I see one? Christine. Okay, Christine. Uh, 
I don't see a problem myself. I, I think if you would go along with what we attempted to encourage you to do, uh, to pray, to be hospitable, to uh, rely on the Holy Spirit, uh, to share your own testimony, be careful that you don't get in a debate with them uh, or become argumentative. And so I, I think it, it may be an opportunity that God wants to, want to share uh, uh, a word of testimony that he wants you to share at that time. And don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. No. Or maybe step outside with them if you're yeah. Right. Very good. Good question. Good question. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for uh, reminding us of truth and the importance of truth and how uh, truth has set us free from all of the things that uh, Satan would entangle us with. And so, Father, we pray that uh, you will bless uh, as we leave this night. And, Lord, the things that we've learned and the things that we've discovered, that we might put it into practice. And so, Father, we pray for those that uh, who claim to be Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pray for their salvation. And we pray, Father, that they might know the truth as we know it today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to pick up one of these pamphlets. Brother Tim.